Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hook them up with E and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Wake them up and uh, get them going. Hopefully you've been with us sooner than 9, 9.05. Come on now, get them up. Uh, get going. However you find us, five hours, five mornings a week here on Hook Em Up with Ian Rod B. Two more hours to go, including our fabulous fifth hour coming your way. That always gets a little skittish. In the fifth quarter, baby. Just never know. Just never know. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so we got a lot going on. We're talking Brett Yormark, his comments all morning. Uh, explaining that I think in a pragmatic way, as Rod is, that he's a promoter and he's promoting his new new, new conference. Texas isn't going to be in his conference. That's not his job. Uh, but understandably why Texas fans are upset. I mean, we, we get that too. They're agitated. And uh, you got to embrace the hate. Embrace the hate. Your, your, your athletic director is trying to tell you embrace the hate, man. It's, we can't avoid it. That they It's coming to vitriol, all of it this year. And, yes, if you leave room for error, if you leave room for doubt, you may not have uh, the football god shining upon you in Big 12 play this year. So you need to win, and you need to win um, with emphasis. <laughs> right? Expect not to. Leave no doubt. <laughs> well, I was watching some of the local news last night, and our friend uh, Corey Mose over at KVU did a pretty impassioned commentary. We called Brett Yarmark classless, clueless, and calculated, which is what's true. I don't know if I'd go clueless. Clueless? You talking about the? You talking about the guy we call one of the sharpest minds to oh, come he's, into he's conference play as a conference commissioner in a long time. And now we're gonna call him clueless. I don't know about clueless. I think I like calculating. You want to call him classless? That's another thing too. But clueless? I go classless. That's a little far. But classless and yeah, know, it's unbecoming to the commissioner. Yeah. But he's a, he's a, a commissioner he's a unlike we've seen before. Yeah, he ain't he ain't clueless. He's a sharp guy. No, he's used to promoting rap, rappers <laughs> exactly. and hip hop artists. And he just made Texas Texas <laughs> Tech one of the most anticipated. Games of the college football season with one joke. Yeah, and and build on what has already been said by Joe McGuire, yeah. and we know what Texas is embracing the hate on their way out. Yeah. So yeah, Rod will have a rant coming up. Also get an e blast in here because I got some interesting thoughts on uh, what's coming up with Scotty Scheffler and the Tour Championship. <laughs> At the bottom of last hour, we made the turn, so we're on our back nine now of our show. Scotty Scheffler's got eighteen million dollars to go win, and he starts with a two-stroke advantage, Rod, today at the East Lake which is outside Atlanta, the Tour Championship. We'll be looking forward to that today, tomorrow, and into the weekend. Only 30 golfers teeing off this weekend. They've all that have qualified. Jordan Spieth is there. Uh, but as we said, uh, with at minus 10 to start, that's why they weight this thing, Rod, and uh, mm-hmm. stagger it. So he starts two strokes ahead of Victor Hovland, who's at minus 8. So that's his advantage. Uh, you got Rory at minus 7. Oh, yeah. And remember, Scotty Scheffler began Thursday leading this event last year and lost to Rory McIlroy. And Roy McIlroy took, took home the big check. Yeah. 
And so Scotty oh, Scheffler looking to... He's been uh, taking home a lot of big checks this year. Well, he and Rory and Scotty have had the same issue of late as the putting, right? They've been, mm-hmm. They're great off the tee. They're great. They're in the fairway long. They're on the greens. They're just not making enough putts. Rory could have won the Open Championship, the U.S. Open, if he'd have made some more putts. This, this, He could be a couple-time major champion. And Scotty, as we said, has been unbelievable this year. Tee to green, just not making the putts. So that'll tee off. We've also got baseball coming to its climax. Messi was awesome last night. Mm. And we also have to hear from Jerry Jones coming up because he is uh, he's 80 and doesn't care anymore. He's in rare form. Well, no, actually, not in rare form. He's in, he's in prime form. I, <laughs> yeah, he's got a young star or young, young defensive end who's has a, hard, has a lead foot, apparently, and he's got some issues. But uh, he's in his corner, it sounds like. But let me mention this Shohei Otani story, Rod, and then we can get into your rant because this is one to watch now. I mean, you know, there'll, there'll be investigations coming up on the uh, the front, the LA Angels front office in late uh, July, when they elected not to trade Shohei Otani. I mean, that that, that I, mean, I don't know how they did it. It's yeah. malfeasance. It, it's job malfeasance. A word you like? Malpractice, baby. Now, if the yeah. owner, if the owner edict that we're not trading him, then okay, Perry Maniason, your general manager, your hands are tied. But everybody knew the Angels didn't have a team that was built to make the playoffs, uh, especially when Mike Trout got hurt. And so instead of trading Shohei Otani to get max value, while his value was never higher, you didn't trade him and you didn't reload your farm system with one move that could have gotten, you know, a ton of young talent, maybe even major league ready talent from a team that wanted to jump on it. Uh, they they took him off the market. Okay, mm-hmm. and not only that, they traded what few prospects they have in their minor league system to go for. It. Which that didn't make any sense. Right, that, that was that's the malfeasance right. part. That, yeah, that, you're right about that. They traded. They, they mortgage they a bit of the future. They, they don't have a great farm system anyhow. They could have done a, gone a long way to starting the rebuild of that farm yeah. system, and instead they went the other way and traded prospects to bring in guys. And Crazy. here they are out of it. And now yesterday they're playing a doubleheader with the Reds. Shohei Otani made the start in the day game, left the game with what, and he wasn't breaking. He was thrown in the low 90s. Normally Shohei's hitting it up there mm-hmm. in the upper 90s um, as a pitcher. And he left with what they called arm fatigue. Hours later, Perry Manias and their GM confirmed he's got a tear in his UCL, his ulnar collateral ligament. He will not pitch again this season. Now remember, Mm. Shohei had Tommy John surgery in 2018. So we're five years removed from a – I mean, this is – typically when you tear your UCL, that's the the prescribed remedy. you got to go go under the knife. Which, which obviously this completely alters his free agent status coming up. Oh, uh, no doubt. Because now, you know, could he, you know, this is an injury happening in late August, which means he probably won't pitch for you next year. Now, he can hit, and he can DH, and he can play the outfield. Yeah, but now you're talking about the best two-way player in the history of Major League Baseball. And now, on the, when he hits the free agent market, he won't be uh, the most valuable two-way right. player. You're, you're going to have to price him like yes. the top pitcher on the market or, and then the top player on the market, right? So that, how do you do that? Uh, how do you value that? Well, this will change that substantially because you can already do the calendar work that he won't, he's 28 years old, he won't come back to pitch for you until he's, until he's 30. 30, yeah. But we just saw Justin Verlander have Tommy John and come back and is as good as ever. So, and he's he's 40. So it's one of those, I don't know how, I, I don't know how it impacts his value. I know it does impact the value. Uh, his agent have to it. go to work. It drops it. Yeah, we just don't know how how much it drops. Right, because you know the the hitting part of it will be undoubted. He's got forty four home runs. He's one of the elite hitters Stud. in the game. So uh, he'll get he'll get a record contract just for that. He'll get it. <laughs> just for he'll being an yeah. offensive player. But now, how do you? And you said something to me earlier, which is which is uh, really really interesting. You know, a smart team is going to take him, give him those five hundred million dollars or whatever the price tag mm-hmm. is going to be, and then let him rehab that arm. And then when he, when he's healthy enough to pitch, you begin to bring him back. 
but but do it selectively. Do it smart. You know, uh, I mean, if it's an organization that already has good starting pitching, he could become a guy out of your bullpen when you need him. He could maybe become your closer if you needed him to. Luxury. Now, that's a daily thing, the closer things, or maybe not. I don't know. I just know that you – this will become – it was going to be the biggest – one of the biggest stories in sports – you know, I mean, the Messi story was huge globally, mm-hmm. right? The Shohei Otani is a global story because yep. he's a an Asian star. He's huge in Japan. He's got his own throng of media that follow him everywhere. And now he's playing on a on a on a team that is sinking like a rock. And all it's about is what happens when he gets to free agency. The Angels would like to re-sign him, but who knows? Um, who gets involved becomes the question. And now with a Yankees. UCL injury. Oh yeah, the Yankees are having their worst season since the early '80s. Yeah, at least they'll make a bid. They may not get them, but they'll oh, make they'll a bid. be in. Yeah. <laughs> well, think who's going to be the biggest bidders? The two two New York teams. I mean, uh, uh, oh, the Steve Mets. Cohen, yeah. the owner of the Mets, is doesn't care. He'll throw money around and burn it. And they're competing in that market now, where you got Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. The yes. Giants are a playoff team. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's New York. Yeah. And so the Yankees, you know, the Steinbrenner family is going to be all in on this because. What's wrong with the Yankees? They're older and they're unathletic and they're built around. If Aaron Judge is in the lineup, they stink. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got to get younger and they got to be more athletic. Well, who's more athletic than Shohei Otani? Um, you know, it, it, there was a there was a cool scene in the Reds game yesterday where Ellie De La Cruz, this young phenom with the Reds, mm-hmm. he was Shohei was standing on second base and he came up and like touched him because he wanted to. Are you real? Like I want to make sure you're real. I watch you. I, I'm pretty good. I've never seen anything like you. Right? Are you for real? Or are you a hologram? That, Seriously, that, that's faking like a us cyborg all. or something. Yeah. So I, look, that's. I mean, everybody with the Angels needs to be fired. Uh, the owner needs to. I mean, I mean, for not trading him when you could have, and now, you know, you're just going to play out the string here in the last five weeks of the baseball season. Because the other thing that happened to them yesterday, Mike Trout. They can think about this for the start for the cursed club. <laughs> the cursed club. Mike Trout came back from his wrist injury yesterday. Mike Trout got hurt again yesterday, and he's back uh, on the injured list. What? The same day that Shohei went out with the arm problem. Come on, man. Yeah. So, see you later. They uh, just can't get it right, the Angels. They just can't get it right. They well, can't get right. That's why I said there needs to be an investigation, because Major League Baseball, this is one of this is an L.A. franchise. This is one of their Yeah, and you had the two best players on the planet. Like, what are we doing for here? For a while. Like, how the hell did you not even make the postseason? Well, Rob Manfred is a pretty proactive guy. I mean, he needs to, I don't know what you can, you, owners own, own the, the owners pay the commissioner. I get that. But um, it yeah. is. It you got to get one of those guys off of that team. Shohei cannot. You got to get him away from that team. Well, it's just we're period. about to have another year where we have the biggest games of the year coming up. Seattle and Texas and seven games in the last ten is going to be a hell of a dramatic uh, finish to the season because the Rangers are now just a game and a half up on the Mariners. Mm-hmm. They've got seven games in the last week of the season with them. Uh, the Astros, the Mariners, they got the, the the Rays and the Orioles are back in the mix and the the Twins. I mean. There's the Braves are having an elite season. The Dodgers are really good. There are good storylines, but at the same time, the Cubs might be able to make a run at the playoffs here in the wild card. The young Arizona team. There's a lot to like about September coming, even with the NFL and college football starting up and starting to to take some of the a lot of the shine. What won't be talked about is Shohei Otani taking meaningful at bats and doing in meaningful things in the postseason, or even trying to get to the postseason. Uh, let me ask you this though: What sport? Can we can we name that has had a situation similar to baseball where the two best players arguably in the game don't get to sniff the postseason ever <laughs> because the ever because the team is so inept and incompetent, right? Because in the NBA that doesn't happen. If you have two of the best players, Major, you're going to be good. Major, there's only five yeah, on the floor. NFL that doesn't happen. I mean, you, it may happen in the NFL every now and then, but it's rare. Usually I mean, that, you can see like like a Barry Sanders. 
Yeah, that's like, what I'm saying. Just exactly. like a really good running, like Cal- yeah, really Detroit, good Detroit think about, Exactly. Think about what you just went. You just went way back to Barry Sanders and, and Calvin, Calvin Johnson. Megatron. Yeah, you got to go. Those are the types of examples of that. Yeah. J.J. Watt in Houston. J.J. Watt. They made Houston. the playoffs, though. They did, and he J.J. made the playoffs. J.J. Watt made the playoffs, man. Right. Yeah, Bill, they been making playoffs. And he had pick sixes in the yeah, playoffs. Yeah, at least they made the postseason. Well, and you, you I mean, it would be like if Deshaun Watson's mess had never happened and the Texans didn't collapse that, against now, the Chiefs. Yep. Those are two of the best players in the NFL at the time. They were on the same team. They were in the playoffs, and it would be like them not making the playoffs every yeah, year. But right. it didn't, didn't stay. So say, it doesn't happen. Usually when you got players that are that good, when they're in the competition to be the best player in that league, you'll end up just force gumping your way into the playoffs. Yeah. You have to make calculating great decisions. They have been so inept and so incompetent as a franchise. Well, and, it, and it speaks to the success of the, the Braves and the Astros and these teams that can win every and year. The Rays. It's really hard to do. Yeah, it's I mean it's a hundred. It's the grind of 162 games. It's a six month season. Two guys aren't getting you there. Two guys in the NBA will get you to finals. Yeah. Two guys on a baseball team. You you need twenty five. Actually, you need about forty guys. It's a great starting point, though. <laughs> it is. A, well, and that's that, that, that's organizational malfeasance, without yeah. a doubt. Like with the, their inability oh, and what man. they've done this year has just thrown petroleum on the fire because you're not only now you're when he leaves you're in a you're in a horrible spot. Yeah. Your your farm system's oh. dead. Oh, man. Your only asset is Mike Trout. You're tanking. Uh, you're in yeah. tank. You're tanking with Mike Trout. You're tanking with one of the best players. You, you probably have to trade him. Because you gave him a twelve-year contract, I would like that. Baseball should should want that. You need to see him playing on teams well, that are competing for championships. He's coming off another injury-plagued season, so his value's down. Mm-hmm. But you probably need to trade Mike Trout. Um, you know, but again, that's that's a mess. But just know that the Shohei Otani thing happened amidst all these other Brett Yormark, Tua Tungavailoa <laughs> things that went on, and that Crazy. will that will change what we talk about come November when league yeah. meetings begin and free agency begins and what Shohei's value is. Obviously, the severity of the injury will be known. If he doesn't have to have surgery and they mm-hmm. think it's just going to heal if he takes the season off, I don't know. But, but that, that, that's a big, big development uh, in that situation. Hey, let's get a rant from Rod uh, here to start our 9 o'clock hour. We'll also get back into Texas and uh, the Longhorns nine days away. Jerry Jones, in classic Jerry Jones style. He's 80 and he doesn't care, but let's get a rant. I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite. And start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, no, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butts. All right, I want to get back just really quickly into this <laughs> Trey Lance, Sam Darnold conversation. Brock Purdy now being announced as a Speaking starter. Of fascinating. It is. It is really fascinating, and it kind of brings me to a quote that I've always said about the quarterback position. I've always this has been my go-to quote about quarterback because I think once again uh, this situation proves it true. Picking a quarterback is like picking a significant other. The woman you marry or man you marry is not always the hottest person you ever dated. They're the one that's most compatible with you and your offense. That is the San Francisco 49ers, and Trey Lance. They thought Trey Lance would be their franchise quarterback. They had him projected as being the perfect quarterback for the Shanahan system once they had, could develop all that raw material all right, into a franchise QB. And it has gone disastrously wrong for them. Disastrously wrong for the 49ers. And they now announced that the 49ers are naming Sam Darnold as number two back number two quarterback. Trey Lance is going to end up being the third team quarterback. And yes, Brock Purdy is your starter. And you pointed this out, uh, E, about the the cost. 
yeah. of that pick. The Dolphins and the 49ers made that trade. San Francisco got that number three pick to pick Trey Lance, uh, while the Miami uh, Dolphins got the number 12 pick and uh, a, a three and a few and three and a future ones as well. Uh, so they, it was a haul. I mean, it was uh, it was. In terms of draft capital, the 49ers, the haul itself, the value, and at least the price they paid, made you think they were sure and certain that Trey Lance was going to be the guy. And let's also say they had an injury-prone Jimmy Garoppolo, so they were a little bit desperate at yes. quarterback, and they weren't sure if they could trust him. And they, uh, I do know that going into that draft season, uh, Kyle Shanahan, even at the Combine, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch said our, one of our main offseason goals is to upgrade our quarterback room. Yep. Like not just Garoppolo, we need we need to go for it with our quarterback, and that's what they did. And they exactly they went all in for the quarterback, but like I said, it it didn't work out for him. And you could argue he was a, probably as raw of a quarterback prospect as the NFL has seen a long time, taken that high. Um, maybe ever, maybe ever. Cause here's the numbers right the here. The only one I could put would be North Carolina's Mitch Trubisky, and I think he's raw than Mitch Trubisky was. Yeah, because Mitch only started 13 games at North Carolina, but he was playing ACC. North Carolina football. Exactly. And started 13 games. But and not I, even that was, was lean. And I guarantee he had more pass attempts in his uh, in that one year probably than uh, Trey Lance had in his career. Here, here's pass attempts per level. 99 high school pass attempts, 318 college pass attempts, 72 NFL preseason pass attempts, and 102 NFL regular season pass attempts. That's it, guys. He is less than 600. Matter of fact, how about this stat? Geno Smith had more pass attempts last season than Trey Lance has had in his entire life as a quarterback. Life. Yeah, we talk about reps. <laughs> exactly. So the, so the truth is, we, we don't even know what he is or what he isn't. Which, the 49ers have already decided what he isn't. He is not their starting quarterback, their franchise QB. And obviously him getting, we talk about the injury to DeMarvion mm-hmm. Overshone, and now that, that limits his reps. Well, Trey Lance got hurt. He was about to get reps last year and get to get to play, and he got hurt right in the first game. So there's a whole nother year of reps yep. that he didn't get. And so he's, is he, you know, is his career over? I mean, I think they're likely to trade him with Sam Darnold now being named the backup quarterback uh, and let him try to start anew somewhere. But you're right. I mean, if he stays there in San Francisco as a third-string quarterback, he won't get any reps doing that. That's a great point. He, yeah, because during the season, all those reps are devoted to the first-team guy. And then the second-team guy, just in case, they're not developing Trey Lance. You're not developing a third-string quarterback during their season. Yeah, it doesn't happen. doesn't happen. Um, and we actually have some audio, uh, Ty. Here's the audio. I believe it's Kyle Shanahan. He was on a radio station. I'll give them credit after the audio. And he was asked about the new hierarchy at quarterback for the 49ers. Uh, here's Kyle Shanahan. Do you have any expectations one way or the other whether he'll be here uh, when you guys be a member of the 49ers when you guys play the Steelers? Uh, I'm really hoping so. I mean, this isn't a thing that we're – given up on Trey this is more of how Brock played in his seven games and that was decided before the season started and then how good Sam's looked they both looked good but we do have to make a decision here and you only get so many reps at it and um, we feel um, you know starting about 10 days ago Sam really separated himself and um, we got to keep it real in that way but mm-hmm. I feel very very fortunate to have both of them here I really hope when it's said and done that all three of these guys are here and uh, you never know when that's going to come up. We needed four guys last year. Um, doesn't happen much, but um, if we can have Trey as an option here, um, I would feel extremely happy about that. And I think the other quarterbacks in our room would, and I think our team would. Trey's a very well-liked guy, one of the better people I've been around, and I do think he's going to have a lot of success in this league. It's been a tough road for him because 
he the times he has gotten an opportunity, um, he ended up getting hurt and missed that window. And now he's sitting in this position, and we'll always try to do right for Trey. Um, if there's a better situation that his heart's in and something like that, um, we're going to make sure not to do something that hurts him in that way. Um, so that's stuff that I talked to him about this morning. That's stuff I'll talk to him about tonight and continue to talk to him about. But um, Trey knows how I feel about him, and um, I, mean, I, I hope he ends up being able to be here, and that's the best thing for him. But uh, we got to see what is the best thing um, from now until then. There you go. Uh, and this is one thing I think that helped out the 49ers. This was a disaster. This is There's no way around it. You trade away multiple first-round picks for a quarterback that is now third-string in what? It took him three years, and now he's third-string quarterback. It's a disaster, all right? And it, it shows you that they are a, they are a flawed uh, front office, no doubt. But they still have an organizational, organizational habit of drafting quarterbacks. Remember what I said about the Cowboys who drafted the fewest quarterbacks in the NFL since 99? And they've basically been the luckiest quarterback team uh, in the NFL in regards to the quarterback because they've they've kind of lucked out lucked out with Tony Romo and lucked out with Dak Prescott. They did not anticipate those guys being their franchise QBs. The 49ers, because they have a really good organizational habit of drafting quarterback, they've drafted 13 of them since 1999. They just draft quarterback. They you just which keep the Cowboys drafting, never do. Which not, so you never know when you're going to find your next. Brock Purdy. Well, look, go out. Oh, your to, other one. Yeah, go out to Vegas where you know they have Jimmy Garoppolo, but they traded, drafted Aiden O'Connell out of Purdue in the fourth round, and he's having a heck of a preseason. And the Raiders think they may have their quarterback. They may have found something. They may have found. You just don't know. I you mean, never know, that's man. the inexact science of it. You just said it right. I mean, everyone knows it. But here's where I'll give Shano credit right there. Keeping it real. Look, yeah, you I mean, did. egos are a part of this, and you're, if you get rid of Trey Lance, you're admitting you guys made a massive mistake, mm-hmm. a colossal mistake organizationally. Yep. But the but you also had a stroke of genius by drafting Brock Purdy with the last pick of the of the of the draft last year. Yep. And now he's got to stay on his trajectory. He's only played half, you know, a third of one season, but they say he's as good as you know, he's as advertised. We believe in our quarterback, and Sam Darnold's going to be a capable backup. And that system develops QBs. They've got weapons all around him. Because the other thing I said this earlier, you have to add to the the, the organizational decision. The 10 players who were drafted after Trey Lance was drafted, Ron? I know it. Are all Pro Bowl players already. It's amazing. Like, they could have drafted any of these guys, and they oh, would be a star on their team. That list is heartbreak. Go to the list. It'll just break well, your I'll heart. Well, I'll start with, Mike, with uh, Justin Fields. Yeah. Because Justin so you Fields, add quarterback too. You could, if you still wanted to stay quarterback, now if Justin Fields develops, becomes what the Bears think mm. he can be, that could have been your guy over Trey Lance. That's the quarterback comparison. But the defensive guys. Yeah, yeah well, look, the next 10 picks after Trey Lance, Kyle Pitts. That, oh, imagine a freaky Pitts in a Shanahan positionless yeah. football system. Jamar Chase. Okay. <laughs> right? Him and Debo. Jalen Waddell. Remember, okay. this, was yes. the, this was the draft coming off COVID where a lot of these guys sat out mm-hmm. their COVID Jalen Waddle, a speed demon on, with that D? Penny Sewell's, Sewell's already a Pro Bowl tackle for, yep. this, for the Lions. Uh, J.C. Horn at, uh, from South Carolina. Oh, then, shut down corn. He's a great one. And then Patrick Sertain. Another good quarter. <laughs> Philadelphia took Devontae Smith. Oh, yeah. He's doing pretty good. Justin Fields to the Bears. And then the Cowboys grabbed a guy named uh, Micah Parsons. Oh. <laughs> so, not right? only did any you, of those guys, any of them, any of them, would any have, of them any would have probably would have pushed you over the top to be a Super Bowl winner. And certainly if it was Michael Parsons. I mean, you had a double dig, you had a ten point lead in the Super Bowl, man. At one point, so this is a team that was ready to go. Couple couple stars away. Um, so real quick to end the conversation, um, Shanahan has coached six seasons, right, as a head coach, covering 107 regular season and playoff games. How about these numbers, guys? Six starting quarterbacks in six seasons. 
a first-round quarterback started four of the 107 games. I repeat, a first-round quarterback started four of his 107 games. Uh, where each of the six starting quarterbacks was drafted. How about this? Third, 62nd, 104th, 262nd, undrafted, undrafted. In the one season out of six that the same quarterback started from start to finish, 2019, San Francisco was seven minutes away from winning the Super Bowl, and they were up double digits on the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes. The 49ers have never been in the bottom half of the league's total offensive rankings in Shanahan's six years. Last year, when three different quarterbacks started, the Niners were fifth in total yards, sixth in total points. Brock Purdy was 8-0 last year, as we know, and the quarterback depth chart this summer has the 262nd pick as the starter and the uh, number one overall pick, Sam Darnold, as the backup, and the number three overall pick as a backup. Yeah, well, that is uh, good stuff. Ron I'm sorry, Durant, no, sorry, I take that back. Sam Darnold was number three overall. I take that back. He was three let's overall. Let's also finish so that two, conversation by saying in that same draft, Trevor Lawrence was the first pick, and he's going to be a star. Uh, he's already gone to the Pro Bowl. Zach That's Wilson true. was the second pick, so the Jets screwed that up, too. Yeah, said, good Jets, point. They, they picked Zach Wilson. Yeah. Uh, but And I would also say this. You talk about the Cowboys being fortunate with their quarterbacks. They, they have been. Romo was an undrafted player. Uh, Dak was a fourth-round kind of afterthought down on their quarterback list. Micah Parsons was lucky for the Cowboys because the Cowboys w- w- wanted either J.C. Horn or Patrick Sertain mm-hmm. the second in that draft. They said it ad- admittedly. You're right. They wanted corner. They didn't expect both to go off the board before they picked at 12. That They did. So they pivoted to Micah, Micah Parsons. Because remember, um, Micah coming in was not Micah then. Micah sat out. Micah sat played out one year. Yep. He was kind of the Trey Lance. Micah Parsons played one year at Penn State and then sat out the COVID year, and you were getting a, a, a raw piece. What is he? Yeah, because in high school he played like a lot of other positions. Running back. Played, right? Yeah, he was, he was an athlete. Freak. You're right. Freak. Yeah, good point. And the Cowboys weren't sure about his maturity. That was, that was kind of the knock on him. Uh, but the Cowboys took him, and boy, are they glad because Jerry Jones already has a, a Magic Johnson-like affinity with him. <laughs> that's, his, that's his man crush. Uh, and on this Bill Walsh quote, since he's an all-time great 49er coach, and I think it's appropriate, uh, very few people can coach the quarterback position, and even fewer can evaluate them. That includes my boy Shano and John Lynch, too. Just proves nobody knows what the hell they're doing when it comes to quarterback. Just keep drafting them. Well, that's why. <laughs> Give yourself margin for error. Well, and for Texans fans, that's where CJ Stroud. That's why this offseason, that uh, the, that new software that measures your, your oh your, yeah, your the cerebral your, like acuity yeah, and how yeah, fast you yeah. process things. You're processing. Yes. Uh, that they're starting to discover. There's some having done this software for a while now. There's some a lot of research that would tell you that the the processing is a huge part of it. And, mm-hmm. and before that software, you didn't have any way to judge someone's processing how mm-hmm. quickly they can that oh, their yeah. brain works right yep. you just had to watch them uh now they're maybe able to get behind the scenes a little bit we'll come back uh good stuff with rod's rent uh, shohei otani conversation but we'll pick it up you know what it is it is number seven in our horn e- ian rod b top 20 countdown we're getting that next aaron hogan rod baber austin texas sports the horn all right, number seven in our countdown to number one. Yesterday was USC Trojan Talk. Also, before that, at nine, Clemson at ten. We started our week with uh, we have a ten. Notre Dame. Notre Dame was last week. Who was number ten for us? Mm, Clemson. Uh, it was Utah. Clemson. Utah. Oh, it was Utah. Utah. Utah, Utah right. Thank you very much. Utah Utes. Clemson Tigers. Because eleven USC. was Washington, right? Yep. That's you we went back to back in the Pac-12. Yeah. USC yesterday. 
And Penn State today, now, you know, we had some back and forth. Should Penn State be eight? Probably maybe have USC ahead of Penn State because if USC is the best team in the Pac-12, Rod, and maybe can make the playoff, Penn State is seen as the mm-hmm. third team in the Big Ten. But are you okay with Penn State at seven? Uh, I'm cool with that. A lot of high expectations for James Franklin. James Franklin is a is a good coach. He doesn't win enough of the big games. Though. Yeah, that's the question, right? Can James he get is, over the hump? Yeah, he's not a big game coach, and I think that's going to be for him. That's to th- This year, that'll be the narrative that he's trying to change and shift. Can he win the big game? I mean, this guy that went double digits, you know, wins double digit games consistently now. Um, so the expectation is that he's going to win double digit games. What was he last year? What they eleven and two last season? Yeah, eleven and two. Yeah, overall they seven started, and two in the Big started Ten. Two and two, I think. So they started off bad and then they ended right really well. The yeah. on high street. Well, yeah. you know, our pen, our friend uh, Pete Futak from College Football News has been with us a couple of times on our previews, and he wrote the story for the preview of College Football News. And so he wrote it, are you done, Penn State? Are you ready to finally do this Be the and stop being the perennial third best team in your own division in college football? No, that's the question for Penn State. Are they ready that's to tough. take that next step? And obviously it's a, it's a climb to get over Ohio State. And now Michigan has surpassed them and become the, the elite team in the Big Ten. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, well, Michigan's on hold of the level now, and they did it by, you know, basically re uh, re overhauling and really kind of reinventing their lines of scrimmage, and where they became the bullies of the Big Ten. Yes, and at first, Ohio State. You know, at first, but for a while, Ohio State was the clear bullies of the Big Ten, and Jim Harbaugh has changed that. Now, Ohio State's trying to win the skill position kind of uh, game and be the more skilled and the faster team and be a better passing team. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Lines of scrimmage-wise, uh, Michigan owns that. And I wonder, Penn State, what's going to set you apart? Are you going to go with toward the Ohio State model where you can light it up and you're just a prolific passing uh, team and you're talking about some of the best skill position guys in college football? Or are you going to be trying to compete the Michigan way in the Big Ten, which is, man, you know what? We dominate the lines of scrimmage. We, are, we, we got the best trench warfare, the best trenches in the Big Ten and some of the best in the country. Uh, there are two ways to build it in the Big Ten, it seems like, and the Michigan way right now seems to be uh, the winning way. Well, and you said the 2-2 two and two start. Remember, they started the year 4-0, and oh, and then they, they oh, started... Sorry, four the, and four. I well, actually, they started 5-0, and oh, but then they, they started Big Ten play 2-2. Two and two. Okay, yeah. That's, maybe I that, Big it was Ten their conference schedule. Was, yes. No, that's right. But you're right. And with the games that mattered, because they beat Purdue. <laughs> I guess that's a conference game. They did a third. They, they opened it with a, with a win over Purdue. <laughs> Then they beat Ohio. Auburn was a t- nice win for them at Auburn, where they really flexed. And then they beat Central Michigan and Northwestern before losing badly at Michigan, 41-17. They got out physical. They got out everything by Michigan in that game. Then they uh, beat Minnesota, but turned around and lost to Ohio State at Beaver Stadium. Those other two? Uh, you know, 41-33. So, again, another loss to those two. Who's your daddy? Uh, then they didn't lose again, though. They went yeah. all the way and, and uh, beat Utah and won the Rose Bowl. And, you know, got out with a Rose Bowl championship. And now, you know, Sean Clifford is off to the NFL. And everybody's talking about this quarterback, Drew, Drew Aller, um, who, you know, they think he's an upgrade. He's a 6'5", 240-pound former five-star quarterback. Uh, you know, is he going to be the guy? 
Is he going to be take the the keys to the franchise? They got a good receiver core. They got mm-hmm. some power. I mean, um, they they got three really good you know, top end recruits at running back. Um, you know, this is one of those. But it's really about for them. It's Michigan and Ohio State. Yeah, ex- I mean, it, it reminds me of. You know, when I was playing at Texas, our time here at Texas, we'd have these incredible records. We'd win 11 games, and our only loss would be Oklahoma. <laughs> and then Longhorn fans yeah. would be disappointed. They'd be like, hey, we won 11 games. Yeah, that's like, right. Yeah, but you lost Oklahoma, well, and therefore Franklin, you, lost, you didn't have a chance to win the Big 12. And James Franklin has a Mac Brown style to him. He's a, he's he's a, a yes, great recruiter. Right. Yep. He's a CEO. He's CEO of the program. Yeah, yeah likes and, to delegate. And he needs to get over that hump now. Uh, they play Michigan in their place, but they have to play at Columbus, Ohio, uh, October twenty first. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's, it, it really it's all about them overcoming those two obstacles. Can you compete? Even beating one of them this year, I think, would be a step in the right direction. You can beat just one Michigan or Ohio State, right, and then have the other knock. They're, they're going to play each other. Yes, so exactly. They're going to take a loss. You just need to be one of them this year. I think you can do that. Then I think James Franklin would change the narrative that he's not a big game coach. But those are the two big games, and those are the two games he lost. Going back to, he's not a big game coach. They also opened their season with the Neil Brown's West Virginia Mountaineers. Not a big game. Well, <laughs> also, not a big game. No, but it's an interesting game because it's that's a border rivalry, right? I mean, yeah, they don't. They, I don't know when the last time West Virginia played Penn State. I mean, that's West Virginia, you know, just to the south of the state of Pennsylvania and yeah. heading up to the Nittany Valley. That that look, Neil Brown. That's no. That's not a great way to start his season, right? This could be his farewell tour at West Virginia. <laughs> And you're getting your head kicked he in. He may not make it to the end of the season. <laughs> I uh, honestly, he may not make it to the end of the season. But yeah. So they get them at home. Then they play Delaware at Illinois. They got Northwestern in Chicago, which is the, uh, the game they have to win. They're going to be 5-0 and at the open date. Yep. Uh, then they're going to play UMass, so they're going to be 6-0. Six six then they go to Columbus. So they'll be a top. They'll be six and zero. So that'll mean what? Top five potentially as a team by that time. Because that's late in the season. Yeah. Well, because they're going to start in the top ten. It's October twenty. Yeah, they'll be like top five potentially then. Yeah. And people are going to knock each other off, right? There's some early season games mm-hmm. that uh, they'll move up. Uh, Michigan is November eleventh in Happy Valley. So you, you, even if you lose in Columbus on October twenty first, still got a chance. To you get them yourself. at home. You know, the return engagement, we'll see. But, yeah, there's Penn State, number seven in our countdown. A lot of talent. Drew Allert, quarterback now, um, five-star recruit. Because, remember, um, because he was their starter for so long, Penn State fans hated, Sean loved Cliff- to hate Sean Clifford. Yeah, like, they don't like Sean Clifford. Can't we do better than Sean Clifford? Yeah. <laughs> he always win the job. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, come on. Can we get yeah. rid of this guy? I don't know why. He's a bum. Yeah, exactly. They, I don't know why they don't, they don't like him, but you're right. He lost. He basically lost a percentage of the fan base every year that he started, and basically now most of the fan base dislikes him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that <laughs> happened. The more, more you play, the more they don't like you. Yeah, just find holes in your game. Unless you're Patrick Mahomes and he just love you. Well, because if you're, if you're really good, you don't stay there for long. If you're really that good, you don't stay at the, If you're an elite, great quarterback, you don't stay at that college for that long. You end up leaving. Hey, before we get – there's our number 17. Uh, before we get to uh, our – who said that segment, who said which that? is going to be fun coming up? I got you're going to love this. Who said that? Uh, but Jonathan Taylor is on the trade block. There is a trade that's gone down this morning. Breaking news, Sounder. Breaking, breaking news, news breaking news. Uh-oh. Remember Isaiah Simmons out of Clemson, drafted oh, by the goodness. Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, uh, Arizona Cardinals are tanking this year. They'd like to lose all their games. I really liked him as a player too, coming out of Clemson. Is traded to the New York Football Giants. Mm-hmm. Hybrid player. New York Giants for a fourth-round pick. Seventh round is what I saw. Seventh round. Seventh round. I'm surprised. Man, Dan Quinn, I thought Dan Quinn could have did that and put him as a linebacker or something. But he's a, they, they moved him to safety. 
They moved ahead of him at linebacker, and then they moved him to safety, and now they've been – They, they don't know where he They plays. couldn't find a place for him, and well, they're they, tanking too, like you said. Yeah, so. they have a new coach who's come in. He was the defense. Oh, he's, a, he's a perfect Jonathan Dan Gannon. Quinn guy, though. Yeah. He's a perfect Dan Quinn guy. Well, he's a hybrid. He's, now he's in the division. I know. Friend. And Wink Martindale now gets to play with Isaiah Simmons, the defense coordinator. He's a pretty creative D.C. too. He is. Also, you know, next Tuesday is the deadline for Jonathan Taylor to be traded because that's that's when rosters get finalized. Okay. That's essentially the deadline, and that's why the Colts gave him, oh, look, you got 10 days. Go look for a team. Uh, interested. Yeah. To, now there's a report that from Stephen Holder, who covers them for TheAthletic.com, that there are two teams who are actually really interested and have had conversations. Six teams were, were early interested. Now it's down to two. And it's believed that those two teams are the Dolphins, mm-hmm. who we heard early, and the Bears. The Bears. So if you're the Bears, would you give up Khalil Herbert and a second-round pick to get Jonathan Taylor? Put him next to Justin Fields you with know why I could see them Moore? doing it? You know why I could see them doing it? Just because everybody claims they really love Rojo. And they could be like, you know what? He's our future back anyway. Let's trade these other backs, you know, and, and trade for one marquee guy. But and are then, they are they on that timeline where they need to pay a Jonathan Taylor? No, it's, it'd be stupid. At, it'd be stupid. It'd be very stupid. It'd be stupid for yeah. almost any team in the NFL to do it. Let's be honest. Yeah. Unless you're trying to go all in, you believe you're a Super Bowl contender, and he pushes you over the top as a Super Bowl contender. And how many teams are there like that? None. The Miami Dolphins may consider themselves to be that team, consider themselves to be an unstoppable offense if Tua stays healthy and they have a, a, a Taylor, a Jonathan Taylor in the backfield, and they have the fastest group of wide receivers in the NFL. They may be like, this is our final piece. But ah, I still think it, it'd be well, an ill-advised a, move. Their highest paid player is DJ Moore, and they still have Justin Fields on a rookie deal. Yeah, yeah. And remember, we talked about the Bears. Maybe there were some grumblings about Chris Jones. If the Chiefs decided to trade Chris Jones – that they would be into that. So it kind of feels like the Bears are there. Now the Dolphins, obviously, they could also – because if yeah. you're the Colts, you want to get a running back back. And they got two on his rookie deal, too. Yeah, that's why they're spending money. I mean, they still got two. They got like one – what, maybe one or two more years right. of well, that could, discounted could, rate. Could you bring Jonathan Taylor in this year and you know sign him to a new three-year deal and you know the bulk of his money is now while you still have a ton of cap space? He gets what he wants. And yeah. you have him for the 24 to 27. Front-load it and yeah. just give him all the money pretty much up and front. And then at some point you have to pay Justin Fields if he develops as you hope he does and think he will. But you're upgrading running back, and Rojo is a perfect complement. Rojo can be the back of the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, again, they have a lot of money to throw around. And I would also say on the Chris Jones trade front, uh, that may be – look, he's already said, I'll set out eight games. And, and the eight games number is he to, 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 he's a free agent at the end of the year, Chris Jones. Yeah. He's playing in the last year of that four-year $80 million deal he signed, but he wants to get ahead of that free agency and, and make them sign him. But that's why he said, I'll sit out till week eight, because that, that's the deadline. If he doesn't come back by week eight, then his, he doesn't count. He, he doesn't roll he over. He might as well just stay he out the rest of the year. Yeah, uh, oh, he won't be a free agent. He won't be a free agent. That's the clock. Okay. The minute he gets to week eight, he, it now pushes back to the next year. Because he doesn't, doesn't have count. enough games. It's like a vested to, year. Because it doesn't count as a year because he didn't play enough right. games. Yeah. So keep an eye on Chris Jones. Got to feel like, I mean, that's the last year of his deal. Got to feel like the Chiefs are going to get that done. I just, I cannot, I love Brett Veach. I think he is probably best or second best GM in all of football. I just hate what, when Patrick Mahomes signs the most team-friendly deal in the history of the NFL. And after that team-friendly deal, which is the purpose of a team-friendly deal, so the team can spend a lot of money on other weapons, on other great players to surround you with. And yet they didn't play Tyreek Hill, <laughs> let him go. And now they're going to let Chris Jones go. It's like, 
What's the point of these team-friendly deals? Where's all the money going? Yeah, who are the elite players? And by the way, the Chiefs, they, they basically started a lot of rookies. Remember, they started three rookies in the secondary right. last year. Because they feel like they draft well. And as you said, they rebuilt the offensive line on the fly, then the secondary. Where's the money? Where's the beef? You, you gotta, <laughs> there's enough salary cap room with his deal to pay another elite player. I mean, you can have two or three elite players Come on your roster. Yeah, that's exactly. And uh, not crush your cap. But I think that's what Chris Jones and his agent are saying. But, you know, the Bears may jump in on that, too. We'll come back when we do Who Said That? Who said it? Uh, as we roll on on a Thursday. Aaron Hogan. You just got to keep living, man. Rod Babers. L-I-V-I-N. E and Rod B. On the horn. Ooh, who said that? Who said that? Who said that? Who said that? Yeah, just want to tell you that. Who told you that? Who said that? Who said that? Mm-hmm. Fun uh, little game we play, little bit we do before 10 o'clock and uh, ahead of the fabulous fifth hour. The fifth quarter is on its way. But to wrap up the uh, 9 o'clock hour, how about some who said that? Rod, what do you got? Uh, I got a couple of pieces here. Um, not sure which one Ty has pulled up. Uh, both pretty good. Ty, just play one of them, whichever one you I'm want I'm trying to. to guess who this is. You're trying to guess exactly who is in this piece of audio. I can't imagine we're the only state where college kids bet. I, can't, I just can't imagine that. <laughs> I mean, seriously. And it's like rounding up 20, 20 year olds that had a beer. So, you know, that, that would Phil Kinnick. I know that. And uh, so, you know, for whatever reason, we're the lucky ones. We're the chosen ones. You know, we just got to really benefit from this whole uh, deal. And I'm, I'm really not sure what the point was. And I, I don't, I have a respect for the law. Don't, don't misunderstand that. Uh, I have high respect for the law. But I, I'm not sure I understand. You know what happened, so uh, you know, but it, that's not the issue. The issue is if somebody bet on us. That that to me is the issue, and that is an issue, and nobody's running from that. I can't no. That's got to be right. Kirk Ferentz, right? It is Iowa coach. Yeah. He's trying to back his guys who got caught up in this gambling scandal Same. by they're the gaming the, commission. They're the chosen ones, I guess. Well, and he has a kicker who made bets on Iowa. Apparently, that they it's now not he, good. And, and no, and that and he he's the kicker, and reportedly took an under. He can directly affect the score of the game. Directly. I'm going to play this for you, Rod. I think you'll know who this is. You believe in karma? Uh, Yeah. Karma for the most part? Mm-hmm. I'm a karma chameleon. Yeah, there's <laughs> – with fantasy football drafts all approaching or being had right now, I want to take you back to uh, – what was the year? 2012, maybe? 2012? Um, when did – well, when did Andrew Luck retire? Andrew uh, Luck. It's like 2014. 2014. Yeah, it was a little later. Well, uh, just so happens that the voice this this guy wasn't happy because he had drafted Andrew Luck like a little bit before the same day, <laughs> and Andrew Luck then retired later that day. Let's hear this little. Then you'll you'll understand the karma part here once you know who this is. Andrew Luck, what did I do to you? You 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 could have retired an hour and a half ago before I picked you in my fantasy picks. I mean, what do I do, Vic? I've been a fan of yours. Why would you do this to me? Come out of retirement. I'm just saying. You know I that know is? that voice. That's old. That's a rental James Simpson. OJ Simpson. Did he just say, what did I do, babe? Wow. What do you mean, what did you do? That was in 2019, apparently. That's Andrew Luck retired in August 2019. God, it's been, that, it's been a long time. Uh, I said 2012. Wow. Uh, how about did he he did OJ Simpson o. speaking J. of karma Simpson. just say what did I do babe <laughs> what do you mean what did you do you did a lot OJ you went to jail for some of it but not for all of it <laughs> just because yeah uh, you were found not if guilty if anybody gets karma stuck yeah. to him it's you yeah you wasn't innocent OJ you were just found not guilty it's the difference <laughs> those heads that came off you forget about that 
You're mad at Aaron Drew Luck? Hey, remember, he was trying. He did have a reward out for the real killers. Of course he did. He did put out a reward for them. And he did write a book, What If I Did It? What If I Did It? What If I Did It? Just to explore that possibility. He he really wrote a book like that. This is how I would have done it. To make money. (laughs) To make money. If I did do it. I didn't. But if I did, this is what I would have done. No, he's taller than Andrew Luck. What'd I do, babe? Wow. I think we know what you did. (laughs) Come on, man. Karma is a thing. Uh, you're right. Oh, man. O.J. Simpson. He, he was, won't go he, away, will he? He won't go away. He was invited to that hotel room, too. <laughs> you know. Yeah. That was With, his stuff. It was his stuff, exactly. <laughs> I was trying to get my stuff back. Hey. It's a crime now to take your own stuff back? What else you got, right? They should be the criminals. I mean, all right. There you go. O.J. the victim. <laughs> all right. Well, one other piece of audio here. This is, you know what? This is a famous wide receiver in the NFL there we go. Uh, being asked to uh, give uh, his favorite wide receivers in NFL history. Here it is. Let me get your receiver Mount Rushmore real quick. All time. Top four receivers. Ever. I'm going to do Kelvin Johnson. I got to get Antonio Brown in there. Got to throw up in there with the triple crown. And um, Jerry Rice, of course. No Randy Moss or T.O. I'm not knocking them. You know what I'm saying? I'd have, o- I'd have Ocho in there too if I could. You know what I'm saying? That's only four. I don't know who that is, Rod. Uh, that was so tough. I'm not going to lie. That was tough. Uh, Jamar Chase giving his, oh. his Mount Rushmore. And he left off Randy Moss and Terrell Owens off his Mount so Rushmore. Jerry Rice. That's disrespectful. Megatron. He put Antonio Brown on there before. AB? Yeah. Did that be be- Dad? B- before Randy Moss? Yeah. Randy Moss. Moss. Randy and Terrell Moss. Owens? Well, what a year the DB. What is the list? It's Rice, Ma. Because when he was in Minnesota, he was Randy Ma. Randy, Randy Ma. <laughs> Ma. Oh, man. Randy Moss has got to be I, on I'm there. fine with Megatron. Yeah, Megatron's a freak. Who's, then, who's, who's four? Uh, for him, he had Jerry Rice as his fourth. He had Rice one. Yeah, he, Rice is number one. He had Edelman in there, too, didn't he? No, Edelman? he did not. Did he really? There was a white guy in there. <laughs> oh, Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup was yeah. his white guy. Right, well, <laughs> that was a white guy. I'd put, right? put Tyreek Hill before Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup's had one or two, one, a couple, two, three uh, great, great years. He did have that triple crown, but you're right. He, he hadn't done it with consistency the whole time. All right, last one I got to play for you. I have no idea who this is, but I just, wanted to, I just wanted to play it for you and Ty. Give it to me. Because Tell me. A, no, no, Save no, it no, out. Hold on. So this is, I got to set this up. This is the guy like Ty, and he's talking to his old grandpa, and he's like Ty, he's fired up that this is the Cowboys' year. Oh, no. Mike McCarthy's calling plays. Oh, no. Jerry Jones is doing his thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike is about ready to go. And here, here it is. This is this is a young guy like Ty talking to his grandpa. Tell me, say the Dallas Cowboys going to the Super Bowl? Are you smoking dope? <laughs> you got to be. There you go. <laughs> Are you smoking dope? Is that great? <laughs> How old is that man? You smoking he, dope? In the oh, video, he's like he looks eight, 90. 90. He's like, I've but seen, he's talking some sense I've seen kid. too much Cowboys football. You smoking I've dope. I forgot boy. more about the Cowboys than you'll ever know. <laughs> Give me that again. We're going to we're gonna have to save the old guy. Say the Dallas Cowboys going to the Super Bowl. Are you smoking dope? <laughs> you got to be. I like it. Who said uh, that? Are you smoking dope? Love that guy. Yeah, said, so we do we know? Is this a famous person? Just a random no, person? No, this is a TikTok video. That's great. That guy's sound. Every breath that he takes sounds like it could be his last. Right yes, there. he's got one of those voices. But you know he what? Did. He said a, he said a lot with a little wisdom. This is the year. Oh, Let's we have go. some audio of that. Actually, that's a great segue. Good. The the Cowboys, some of the most prominent players, were being interviewed by Demarcus Ware because he's now being uh, inducted into the Ring of Honor for the Cowboys, and. 
They made a guarantee. I know. I heard this. I you heard hear it, this? You know, I, oh, I read it. I want to hear it. We're going to hear it. We come back. Also, we will hear Brett Yormark's comments about Texas and Texas Tech once again and fire that back up. And you'll want to hear this, too. How about this? Pete Carroll explaining the play at the goal line in the Super Bowl oh, to Richard Sherman. Oh, no. No, no. It's, it's, it's really good stuff. Is it good? He's actually explaining it to Richard Sherman, who was a member of the Legion of Boom, and Pete Carroll trying to explain how that all went down and what it meant. It's really candid stuff. Uh, good, and it's uh, Richard Sherman, a part of his podcast, is interviewing Pete Carroll trying to get to the answers. All right. We'll do that next.